Welcome to the Traders Point Church of Christ podcast. Abraham is one of the most well-known biblical figures, even still today. And his life, his relationship with God, and ultimately his faith are all recorded for us in remarkable detail throughout the pages of the Bible. So we're going to take eight weeks to work our way through his story and some of the important lessons that it holds for us today. And we're thankful that you've decided to join us. For more information on the Traders Point Church of Christ, please visit our website at traderspointchurch.org. And you can find us on Facebook and YouTube as well. Thanks again, and enjoy today's conversation. Well, hello once again, and thank you for being with us as we continue our study through the life of Abraham. We've been uh, several weeks in, and we've got really just a couple of weeks to go. We'll uh, study from uh, Genesis chapter 22 today. We have one more study uh, in this uh, next week as we kind of close out the life of Abraham. Uh, so today we're going to you know, kind of spend some time in chapter 22, which is arguably, even though Abraham is a very well-known character biblically, uh, he, he, he pops up lots of times in the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament, but yet, uh, you know, arguably, this is the most well-known story about Abraham. And so we're going to read it uh, together here in just a moment, verses 1 through 14. But before we do that, uh, John, why don't you kind of catch us up context-wise a little bit uh, before we dig into this uh, pretty well-known story of Abraham here. Well, last week we talked about Isaac's birth and the fulfillment of the promise that God had made to Sarah and to Abraham you know, 25 years earlier, and how remarkable that story was, and, and all of the joy that no doubt surrounded Isaac. And we're, we're going to come to a part of their story where that faith that Abraham has in God is going to be tested. But I think, again, just putting things in context and just reminding ourselves of the amount of time that has passed since we began our study through the life of Abraham. You know, you know Isaac now is a young boy, I mean, those promises were made 25 years before Isaac was born. So now, you know, we're 30 plus, we're three decades, you know, past the time that those promises had been made to Abraham and Isaac. And so a lot has happened. Uh, Abraham and Sarah and their family have moved to a different land and settled there. Uh, There's been stories that we, we talked a little bit about in regards to Lot. And that came into play. And just a lot that has happened in the life of Abraham is he's now an old, old man at this point. And so all of that has to be kept in context as we read this story. Um, because, again, Abraham's age and what he knows of Isaac and the promise that God made and the fulfillment of that through Isaac, all of those things are important pieces of context to really help us understand what Abraham is going to go through here, how he's going to process all of this. And so it's important to kind of keep that backstory in mind as we get into chapter 22. And I'll tell you one other thing to kind of keep in your your mind. I'm sure we'll bring it up at some moment here uh, in this episode is, you know, at the very outset of, of this podcast, we started in Hebrews chapter 11, where uh, the writer there makes mention of several things in the life of Abraham and Sarah. And this is this is one of the things that he makes mention of, but he does provide a tidbit kind of into the thought process of Abraham that we don't necessarily get here, but the Hebrew writer, Scripture, God still gives us, you know, kind of some thoughts uh, from Abraham and what he was thinking here, and I'm sure there'll be a moment to, to make mention of that as well. But uh, let's go ahead and read this story together. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 22. We're going to begin reading there in chapter uh, 22 and verse 1, and then we'll, uh, we'll go on down to verse 14. 
It says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. And then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. And so Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. And then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey, and the lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. And so Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, "My, My father, and he said, Here I am, son. And then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. And so the two of them went together. And then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and so he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. And so Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, The Lord Will Provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. So uh, there's a lot going on in this story, and there really is a lot to unpack. It is a well-known story, and it's it's one of the interesting things that even as I read it here, I don't know how many times, uh, I don't know if I could even come up with the amount of times that I've read through this story or this text, but there always seems to be something that will stand out. I mean, almost all the time. And even reading it here, there was something that, you know, kind of, you know, stood out. But, you know, it, it's really an interesting. So I thought maybe we'll kind of take it, you know, in order, you know, as we go, because there's a lot of good stuff that happens at the very beginning. Yep. Uh, in the outset of the conversation that happens, there's a lot of interesting things that happens in the preparation and the journey up to the base of this mountain. And certainly there are a lot of interesting things that take place on the mountain. And so maybe we'll break it up into those uh, three pieces. And so, you know, kind of the setup. Uh, is, you know, God calling out. We've already seen lots of times God commonly was speaking Mm -hmm. to Abraham, and uh, and Abraham is here, and he's ready to listen, but not yet is he just ready to listen. Almost reminiscent of where we started with Abraham, where God, in a very simple kind of way, said, hey, listen, I want you uh, to go to this new place. Pack Mm -hmm. up all your stuff and go to this new place. And he doesn't really ask questions about it. He packs his stuff up, and he goes to a new place. Very reminiscent of that is what we get here in Genesis chapter 22. He says, this is what I want. This is what I'm looking for. And the text tells us that no questions seem to be asked. (laughs) And uh, the very next morning, he kind of packed everything up, and he took off. Yeah, it's remarkable because of what... Abraham was asked to do. Yeah. I feel like I'd have some questions about that. I, you know, let's can we talk about this for a second? I've, I've got some questions I want you to fill me in on here before the before this takes place. But that's 
Now, that is not what we see here with Abraham. There aren't questions being asked. And and I think what we're seeing is a maturity in Abraham, yep. and not just a physical maturity, but a maturity in his faith. And I think that is what the Hebrew writer specifically alludes to, is that Abraham was at a point in his life and a relationship with God such that he could hear God make a request like this of him, and he was able to say, okay, let's see where this goes, because I've got full full faith in God. I have full confidence in him. I have no questions about God's abilities. I have no questions about his intentions for me and my family. So if God tells me to do something, the answer is yes. And, and that is a remarkable level of faith that Abraham is showcasing. Certainly, when we think about the growth then that has taken place between where we are now compared to where we were when we talked about you know, the story with Hagar and Ishmael, where they were not in that same place in regards to their faith toward God. They were trying to micromanage and manipulate these situations to their benefit. Now they're at a place, Abraham is at a place where he's able to put his hands up and say, God, you tell me to go, let's go, no questions asked. And that's a pretty remarkable thing to see someone do. Yeah, I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, we're certainly told here in the very first verse that, you know, God is testing Abraham. And so, you know, God is putting this on him, but yet, yet Abraham is, he's understanding. I think he understands several things. I think, number one, he understands who God is and is his his place to God, right? You, you see that when he calls his name, you have that, well, here I am. And that happens a couple of times. Mm-hmm. When they're on the mountain again, his yep. name is called. Yep. He, he's ready to listen. And so uh, you, you certainly see that. So you, uh, he has an understanding of God and uh, who he is, the power that he has. Uh, his way is the best and the control that he has. So certainly he's thinking about that. Mm-hmm. But he's also understanding the the power in God's promise, right? He fully is leaning into that. Yeah. And we didn't read the you know the next few verses after where we stopped it is you know an angel of the lord comes and re- reiterates that promise mm-hmm. and and lets him you know kind of reiterates something we know Abraham is thinking about already. And we know he's thinking about that because, you know, I think he says something really interesting in verse 5, when all these preparations are made and they get, you know, he's got all the fire, he's got the fire and he's got the wood and he's got the knife apparently and he's got rope. I mean, he's got every, all of these preparations have been made. Uh, he knows it. Isaac knows it and makes reference to it. Maybe we'll talk about that. But, you know, he, he's made all these preparations and they're, uh, they've got a couple of uh, uh, other boys with them to kind of help them carry things, it seems. And, you know, they get to the point where they're like, hey, you, you two wait here, and just Isaac and I are going to go up. But but he says there in verse 5, you, you stay here with the donkey, the lad, and I will go up yonder, and we're going to worship, and then we will come back to you. And so you see right right there, I mean, he, he has an understanding of the importance of Isaac and that there's been promises made through him. Now, he doesn't know exactly what's going to happen up on the mountain, I made mention to, you know, the Hebrew writer in, in kind of giving us a little bit of insight. The Hebrew writer lets us know that Abraham was so far in his understanding of that is that if he were to kill, I mean, to go through with it and kill and to sacrifice Isaac up there on that mountain, that God would raise him from the dead. Yeah. And I don't know if he'd ever seen that or, or heard about that or, you know, I, I, can't, I can't find a whole lot of examples up to this yeah. point. 
where God has been raising people from the dead. But he was like, you know, that's the surety that he had. And it is a remarkable amount of faith that he exhibits here. Yeah, you know, there's, like you said, there's so much that can be said about this story. There's the interaction between Abraham and Isaac and what that must have been like. And, and you know, that, that in and of itself is just fascinating to consider. But, but I think, you know, focusing in on Abraham's faith is, is really what makes this story come to life. And, and the fact that Abraham's faith was going to allow him not only to go through with the unthinkable, killing your own child, but to do it with no questions asked, to do it without hesitation. And when I think about some of the areas in my life where God is asking me to walk in faith and I hesitate, he's not asking me to kill my child. He's not asking me to put into question a promise that he has made to me that's going to change generations to come. He's asking me to do relatively very simple things in this life, but to do so in faith. And there are times where I'm hesitant, and I read a story like this, and it just makes me cringe to think, man, why am I hesitant to to do this? Look at what Abraham, look at the amount of faith that Abraham had in this situation. And he was so confident in what God was capable of, so confident in what he had promised to him even though he had no idea why he was being asked to do this. Right. He had no idea how this was going to turn out once they got onto that mountain. And yet, here he goes. He gets up early the next morning, and here they go. And it, it is just a reminder to me of, of how God wants me to walk through this world day in and day out. He wants me to live with that level of faith. He wants me to to put my life fully in his hands and have the type of confidence that Abraham demonstrates here in him. And so it's it's a lesson that I feel like we just constantly need to be reminding ourselves of. And because all of us are are capable of of being hesitant at certain times in our life where God wants us to move forward with boldness. Yeah, I mean it's God in a lot of ways. I mean just to use another analogy is he's telling Abraham, "Hey, listen, uh, this limb, I, I want you to. I want you to walk out on it. It's going to hold. It's going to hold you. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it, it, a lot of times, and, and Abraham jumps out there. I mean, he, yeah. he takes <laughs> huge strides, yeah. you know, to get out there on that limb. And, and he he does that. God does that with us all the time. He he asks us, "Listen, I, I, here are some limbs. I want you to step out. It's going to be away from the trunk. Mm-hmm. It's going. You're going to stand out. You're going to look different." Not everybody is going to be out there with you, but I want you to st- go out there. It's going to hold. you got to trust me. It's going to hold. And, and what happens a lot of times is, unlike Abraham, who's leaping out there in this moment, we're you know, kind of shuffling our feet out about an inch and then stopping, <laughs> right. kind of looking around, you know, may, you know, seeing if, you know, if, if it's maybe we'll shuffle out another inch. And um, what we see here is, I don't know if that's, Trust in God, right? Mm-hmm. Trust in God is this. There's no questions. He had, you're right, no idea what was going to happen on the top of that mountain. He had no idea. But yet he has incredible confidence. Even when Isaac does ask a question, right? Mm-hmm. He's the only one asking questions, really, you know, yep. in this whole story. And he asks the question, hey, you kind of, it's very graphic, this mm-hmm. story is. You're able to visualize and to picture everything so well. 
And, uh, and that's what Isaac is doing, and he's doing kind of the sacrifice math in his mind, and he's, he's like, we've got some stones, and we've got some uh, rope, and we've got some fire, and we've got some wood, and we've got a, a weapon of some kind, you know, all on the checklist, but kind of the, one of the biggies mm-hmm. is we've got no actual sacrifice. And he asks, he asks Abraham about that. And, and uh, what Abraham says, hey, listen, we're on this journey God will provide. He's going to provide for us. And it's a pretty simple question. I mean, it's a pretty simple answer, I mean. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, think about that answer and how many things it fits, you know, today. Yeah. Right? I mean, it fits everything that God is going to provide for me out on that limb. Yep, and that's got to be enough. That's got to be that's enough. Right. You know, it would have been easy for Isaac to be like, well, what? how? How is God going to provide? Well, Abraham didn't have an answer to that question. He didn't know, but he knew that God would. And that's how he asks us to live our lives as well. We, we don't know how everything's going to work out. If we did, then faith wouldn't be required of us. There's no faith needed when you know how everything's going to work out. And so he asks us to, to make that leap, to, to take that step in faith without understanding what all is going to happen here. And then, you know, obviously as we get down to the end of this story, and we realize that that God ends up sparing Abraham from having to kill his son. You know, I mentioned last week the parallels that we see in the birth of Isaac and with the birth of Jesus. And we see another one here, obviously, with the sacrifice of a son that takes place. And And one of the things that I've always grabbed hold of with this story is when God stops Abraham— and doesn't make him go through with killing his own son. He he not just he didn't just spare the life of Isaac, but he spared the emotions of Abraham. Mm-hmm. It would you don't the idea of killing your own child. I mean that's just nobody wants to even think about that. And, and God spared Abraham from having to go through that. But really what he did is God did what he spared Abraham from having to do. And that really helps me visualize what God went through in sacrificing Jesus. He, he did what he realized he was not going to make Abraham do. He could have made Abraham go through with this, and he could have raised Isaac from the dead. Yeah, for sure. But he, he didn't do that to Abraham. He didn't force him to go through with this. But God did go through it. And, and so it, this story, I think, in connection with the sacrifice of Christ and, and the parallels that exist, I think it really puts a spotlight on the emotional toll of what happened with Jesus and, and, and the weight of that sacrifice. And I think this, this story, in a lot of ways, is intended to help us better understand the sacrifice of Jesus and and kind of the turmoil that that created, even within God himself. Yeah, there's no question about that. I mean, there are so many different things that kind of parallel uh, the the life of Christ and sacrifice of Christ and and of God, and most certainly this is one of them, and, and what he does for Abraham, and then uh, causing us then to think about what he ultimately is doing for us. We appreciate everybody for studying along with us. We'll put the brakes on here. Um, it may seem, as we've made mention of, that Abraham is uh, nearing the very end of his life, and he most certainly is, and that means we're nearing the very end of you know these episodes and talking about Abraham. We've got one more that we're going to cover uh, next week. Uh, there's actually several more things that happen in the life of Abraham. We're going to kind of focus in on one in particular uh, near the literal very, very end of his life and, uh, and some thoughts 
uh, that Abraham has uh, about the people around him. Uh, Isaac is uh, in play once again, and uh, we'll spend some time talking about that next week.